Well, it's taken a bit of time, like Kev said, um, but it's actually just such a privilege to be here to share with you guys this morning. And I've been chatting to my wife uh, years last night and uh, saw my name on the roster to, to preach. And I said, it's like the stages almost of grief. It's the stages of preaching. And I just got this cold sweat running down me and thinking, how am I going to do this? And then that translated into excitement when the Lord spoke to me about uh, what I needed to share today. And the problem here is, sorry, if I get emotional, I can't talk. So I can't get through my preaching and we're running out of time. So that's why I didn't want to go into all emotional things, but I'm going to try my best. And then from the excitement, it went into nervousness and then I got sick. And this morning, I was, when my wife left our home, I was listening to worship and I was just crying the whole morning. I couldn't even go through my notes again. So, just really great to stand here. So, like I said, this is my wife, Nicole, and I've got two kids, Isabella and Damon. Damon is at a tour, so he's missing out, but I'm sure well, I'll make him listen to the recording. <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, this is, yeah, it's just amazing to be here, just amazing. So I just wanna, before I start, I just want to pray for us. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're working in each and every one of us, Lord. Thank you that you're working in me, Father. And this morning I want to pray as I'm sharing that your name will be glorified, Lord. It will be all about you, Father, and nothing about me or anybody else here, that your name will be glorified. Thank you, Jesus. So as I uh, jump into this, the prophetic words this morning, is it's always encouraging for me to see how it lines up with the preach. And um, when um, uh, Eugene brought the word this morning, I just really felt, okay, Lord, you actually you gave me something to speak about that's really for this morning. And I want to start off by asking a question. Who of you guys here has sometimes felt that life can be very hard? I think all of us, everybody's putting up their hands. And who here felt in that time that sometimes you can't anymore and you feel you just want to bow out? I've been there. So this morning and today, I believe God wants to change the way each and every one of us sees trials and how we endure them and how we go through them. So my hope today is by sharing some of my journey, what God has done in me and the failures I've made, that I can relay something to you that God can use so you can be used by Him and equipped by Him in this time. So I was a little bit through this message already and um, I didn't have a title. So um, there's obvious titles that I could have chosen, but I, I really wanted something that people will remember. So I asked the Lord, Lord, give me a title. I was a bit worried because I got to the end and the Lord hasn't spoken, so I was going to have, there's going to be no title. But luckily the Lord gave me a phrase, um, wood from the trees. So I don't know if you know what that means. I didn't, I've heard it, but I've never, I've never known what it means. I don't know what it is. And I said, Lord, hopefully this ties in. Um, I'm speaking about trees, so obviously wood from the trees does tie in somewhat. Um, but what does it mean? Do anybody know yeah, what it means? Okay, uh, one person knows. <laughs> For the other people, and you know because I told you. <laughs> yes. I had to say, uh, yeah, I had to say my, the, go through this with her last night a couple of times. Yeah. Anyway, so where it comes from, it is, um, there's a little village in England, there's a forest, and um, they wanted to build houses, like, like, almost like a government houses in England. 
But the government didn't, they didn't want them to cut down the trees. So they said, listen, you can build, but we're not going to remove the trees. So what happened was is that they had to build these houses in between the trees. But they were, it's a forest, so it's, trees are quite big. So what happened? They built the houses. But when the people looked out the windows, they didn't see the trees. They only saw the trunk. So they only saw the wood. So what it comes down to is that sometimes we focus on the small things and forget the big thing. And so how does what I'm sharing today tie in with trees? Uh, we were walking on Seapoint Promenade, a couple of friends a while back, and I saw these trees. You can put up the photo there. Um, these trees on the promenade. And it was really peculiar of how these trees look. I think there's another picture there as well. You see the three ones there. They're literally blown sideways. So they don't look at all like trees should look. Um, they've been battered by the wind and just standing individually there by themselves. And thinking of what I want to share today, I remember that picture that I saw there. And those trees look, well, looked like I looked in times of trials and testing. So I was blown and battered by the wind. I was, didn't look like a Christian should look. I didn't function the way I was supposed to function. So I felt God said, listen, this is a good something to preach about because I think all of us go through trials all the time. So now that I had my message, I had to do some research like anybody that would prepare would do and prepare. And, uh, the, and, and I don't know where you guys get your information from, but I went to Google first. And I said, Google, what, do you, what does Google say about trees? So in the natural, how does trees grow? How does it tie in with, with us in, in biology and just learning something about trees because I'm going to use it in my preacher. I needed to know. So it, I was stunned by the similarities in us as human beings and the life cycle of trees in the natural. And then I said, Lord, I want to tie this into the Bible. And what, is, what does God say about trees? And it was once again blown away. And I believe trees are very important to God. Tree, the, the first book in the Bible is Genesis. So the first chapter of Genesis, God mentions a tree. The last chapter in the Bible, Revelation, God mentions a tree. In the first book of Psalms, God mentions a tree. There's 30 different, 36 different tree species mentioned in the Bible. And as we all know, the cross was also referred to as a tree. So today I want us all to think about what I call the trilogy of trials. So if you can put it up for me there. This is non-negotiables. This is what's going to happen in our lives. So the first one is that we will experience them. They will come. It's, it's a given. None of us sitting here is going to escape that. Why do we face our trials? What is the reason we go through trials? And how we need to respond in those times of testing. So I want to share a little bit of my walk and my journey. It started in 2009 and decade. I'm one of those decade Josh Jenners. And um, as a youngster, I was, in a worldly sense, you would have probably looked at me and said, listen, this guy's quite successful. I had a nice car, I had my own house. I had everything that a 21-year-old could want, but still something in me was missing. And um, as, a, as a little boy, I remember going to Sunday school and hearing all these stories of God doing miraculous things. It's amazing in those times that there's only one thing that people draw towards. Um, and I believe that sometimes for people that's not saved, 
or not has not been in the church that you gravitate to God because I think we were designed there's this little piece in our heart that just fits in there and it's only one thing that can fit in there so I started going to churches and uh, around that time some of my friends got saved actually Diane and Edward and Nicole they got saved around about the same time and I saw such a big difference in their lives and the way they changed and just how happy they were and what was just going on in their lives so immediately I was like okay that's what I want that's going to sort me out. I want that. And I remember chatting with Diane one night. It was actually the night of my birthday. I was just so lost that I didn't, I didn't know what was up or down. And she just got saved and she said, listen, I actually can't help you. I don't know what to tell you. I can't help you. But I know this person that can help you. I'm going to give him a call. Bear in mind, it was nine, half past nine at night. I'm going to give him a call. She went into the room. She spoke to this guy and she said, here's her address. Go there speak to this guy, and we will sort you out. So off I went, I drove, I went to, got to this little small holding, and uh, drove up there, and the guy invited me in, chatted with him in his study, and told me about my life, and what I want, and what I'm longing for, and I gave my life to the Lord. So when that happened, it was great. I knew that this is the way to go, and this is the right way. But still something in me, there's still a hole there, and I didn't know what it was, and why that hole was there. And I carried on being a, just going to church, being a Christian. And it was just tough for me. Um, my personality, I'm, I've got a personality, the people that know me, I'm a, I'm a let's do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to do it, that's me. But the Lord, I didn't ask the Lord what he wanted to do. I wanted to be a Christian, so if you see the, this pastor there, or that, I wanted to look like him, so I did the things they did, not out of God's conviction, but be out of my own, in my own strength. And I strived and I did things and I walked the walk and I talked the talk, not to be hypocritical, but just I thought that's what I needed to do, but once again, in my own strength. And it got to a point where I got burnt out and I, just, I was just like, Lord, I still have this, I'm here and I'm your, I'm your son, but I still feel like I don't belong or I'm actually not your son. And I remember about four years in, I said to Nicole, listen, this is not for me. Um, I'm going to go. I don't think I can stay in church. I don't think God's called me. And through that period of time, I remember, it was an up and down cycle. And, and your, your trials are going to look different to mine. And I chose this trial because it's the longest trial I've faced and it's the closest I came to leaving the church. And um, I remember... And this is over a period of about 10 years that this has happened. And then I remember we'd go to meetings and I would get a prophetic word and I was like, there's not a chance, there's not a chance that that's true. And everybody always tells me, listen, keep your words so one day you can listen to them and, you know, you can see how they, I'm like, okay, save them in my Dropbox under um, prophetic word folder. And they're all lying there and, and I was just not true. But in that moment when my tree was blowing in the wind, as you guys saw then, and the way, it's just as if the storms opened a little bit, and there was a little bit of sunshine, and the clouds opened up. All was not done then, I had to still walk the road. Again, feeling just a little bit, okay, settled, I'm here, I'm fine, I'm good. Walking the road, still feeling, yo, there's still something in me that is not, feel, doesn't feel right. 
And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it was the Lord. I don't know if it was because I was stubborn or prideful. I don't know why that was. And then again, a preach. One of Andrew's preachers, I remember, it's just as, as if things aligned. It just becomes a little bit clearer. And little bit by little bit, the Lord revealed himself to me. Um, we had Kevin Lazaldi, I think it's about eight years now that, that we've been working with them. And there's a, there's a time that I didn't trust the things that were spoken over me. I didn't trust the promises God has promised me. And I had to really, at a stage, I think, I remember telling Nicole, I'm either going to listen to Kevin, and if he makes a mistake, then, it, then it's his fault, it's not mine. So I, I was just like, I'm going to trust the people around me that God's put there, because I cannot see or trust what God has told me currently. And now, over a 12-year period, I'm standing here. My tree is growing upright. My roots are deep. I'm still growing there. There's still storms. But I can stand here, and, and instead of blowing in the wind, I'm now swaying in the wind. And I'm taking on all, this, um, taking on all the, the winds and the storms that life throws at me. One thing that stood out for me is that in that time, God never let go of me. And I was listening to that prophetic word this morning. And he said it clear as day, God never, since you were a child, God never let go of you. One thing for us to remember is that God doesn't let go of us, but we can let go of him. I didn't. It wasn't me. It's by his grace. It's by what he's given me in that moment of time that I needed. Sorry, excuse me. I just want to sniff over the mic. So he, he didn't let go of me. I didn't let go of him. For what reason? He's got a plan for my life. He's got a plan for your life. Plain and simple. His timing in our trials. My trials, my, that trial was long. It was a long trial. Yours might be shorter or longer. But his timing is perfect in that time. Never rush what you're going through. Don't look for a shortcut. Embrace it. So anything you can do. So anything you can do. I started prepping this before Kevin announced the series of, of 1 Peter and, and, and I was asked to put it into what I shared with. But it's so good how it works because most of God's scriptures you can actually put in anything and it can work, especially this one. 2 Peter 1.3 His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So what's a godly life? A godly life is when you're doing well. A godly life is when you struggle. Godly life is when you get breakthrough. A godly life is when your wife dies or your husband gets cancer. That's what happens in our godly lives. God has given us everything like he gave me in those times. Not as much as I thought I needed to get then, but enough to make me stay and to make me learn. I was listening to one of Christopher's preachers and he, 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 had a, he mentioned a guy that said, we as Christians, we are either in a trial or we're on our way to a trial or we just finish a trial. It's quite depressing, actually. <laughs> but I thought, let me see what the Bible says. Um, James 1, 2. 
Count it all. Joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. It's difficult to read that when you're in a trial, isn't it? So what I have learned and some tools that has helped me in times of trials and testing, I call them, don't see, you're already laughing, I call them the four Gs. So it's almost like your cell phone. Without them, without 4G, you're disconnected from the outside world. And the um, same with your trials. If you don't have these things in your life, you're going to be disconnected. So the first one is God's people. And it's amazing the similarities between trees and God's people, like I mentioned. So how does God's people help us? And input in preaching is the first one I got there. As I'm standing here and I'm sharing a message, what God has done with me and the failures I've made and, and what I've seen and what I've learned, that's here to equip you guys. Kevin shares, that's here to equip us. So in that time when we're struggling and when we're going through things, when we stand here in front of the church, or you sit there and listen to someone, it's to equip you. The same as trees or plants need nutrients to grow or fertile soil, those are our nutrients that makes our trees grow. The next one is communication. So communication is quite an important one because when we face trials or when I face trials, I, I feel I don't want to speak to anybody. I just want to be or do things that takes my attention away. And that's probably the worst thing you can do in a time of a trial. It's important to keep communication lines open. I didn't know this, but trees, if you see trees and, and, and plants in nature, and especially trees in a forest, if they, they're next to each other, but they actually communicate. I didn't know that. I just thought they stand there and they're alone. But they communicate with one another through a fungal network under the ground. And it's actually affectionately known by all the tree huggers, I don't know what you call them, people that <laughs> likes trees. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Um, they're affectionately known as the, the wood wide web. So, so communication, communication is very important. The next one is support in tough times. And I know for me with Kevin Zaldi and a lot of, of my friends around me, I wouldn't say I would have made it, but it would have been more difficult to make it, make it without them there. So support is very important to us. The same as trees in a forest. Trees grow in such a way that when the storms come, they support one another. They grow in such a way that they can support one another when the wind blows. Praise is another one. Praise is very important for me. I know there's, there's been people praying for me in the backgrounds when I went through that trial and looked like I wanted to just duck and and felt like I was missing something and church wasn't actually for me, but I'm coming. I believe that people's prayers were very powerful in, in that time. Um, Stacy was one of the people, she had my name in a cupboard and she's always said, I'm praying for you. And it always like, okay, cool, you're praying for me. And then when she saw the Lord's now doing things in my life, she says, listen, your name is not out there. There's someone else's name there. <laughs> so I was like, well, don't stop praying for me. So it's, I don't know. My wife's, probably. <laughs> so trees grow in a way to help other trees find sunlight. Trees are the same kind in a forest, will never overgrow one another. They'll give each other help to find sunlight. And praise is the same for us. Friendships, another one. 
very important to me. And we've got a lot of friends and we know a lot of people in church. But you've got those friends that stick by you for years. Those friends that's always there when times are tough. That's there for you, but they love the Lord more for your sake. It speaks the tough things into your life sometimes. The next G, God's promises. God's promises. How does that look for us? Prophetic words is a big one for me. I heard a lot of prophetic words and I never believed them. I never strived for them. In a, in, in a way, prophetic words are good for each and every one of us. But I think it should be used as a measuring tool, as something to refer back to. So we don't live for our words. I didn't live for them. I truly hope that they come true. Um, but as God is doing things in my life, I can always refer back and I said, yo, Milani had a word over me. I think the first year I got saved, still, still got it. That's coming true now. And I can say, God, you promised that to me. You promised that. The next one, planted to grow. So this is a bit of, con not controversial, but I mean, how does it fit in there? When we put our hand up here on a Sunday to get saved, anybody that gives their life to, to God, this is fertile soil. Every church, not just Jane, church, when you give your life to the Lord, you plant it. So if you plant a tree, you put that, I don't know what a compost and some bone meal, yeah. I don't know. So all those things are in there, and that's when we get planted. It's God's promise. He's not going to plant us into unfertile ground. So we planted to grow. But here's the catch. The way we live our lives and the things we do poisons us well. So it's important to stay connected in God's kingdom, in fertile soil. The last one is God's, sorry, no, it's a third G. So we're only 3G now, so it's going to get stronger, the network's going to get stronger now. <laughs> God's word. Time in the word encourages us. As I read that scripture, but count it all joy. It's probably not that encouraging when you go through a trial, but it's a promise from God. We can spend time in the word, and it will equip us. Our daily devotion, and I struggled with this for a long time, daily devotion is very important. We cannot skip spending that time with God. That's why our God speaks to us, amongst other things. Time in the Word encourages us. It reveals truth to our soul in times of testing. Joshua 1.9 is an example of one of those scriptures. If not, God didn't ask us or He didn't said maybe it's a good idea. He commanded us, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go and whatever you go through. It's a promise. It's in the Bible. Nothing in the Bible is a lie. And uh, I want to share a bit of a story with you. I, I, I stumbled upon this story uh, while I was prepping. And it's just one of those things that you read and it's just really so, just God spoke to my heart and I hope he does to yours as well. A great experiment in the desert called the biodome created a living environment for human, plant, and animal life. A huge glass dome was constructed to house an artificially controlled environment with purified air and water, healthy soil, and filtered light. The intent was to afford perfect growing conditions for trees, fruits, vegetables, and humans. People lived in the biodome for many months at a time, 
everything was great, everything was good. With the exception of one thing, when the trees grow to mature height, they would just fall over. This baffled the scientists, and they didn't know what the reason was. And as they researched it, they found that they forgot to include the natural element of wind. Trees need wind to blow against them because it causes their root systems to grow deeper, which supports the tree as it grows taller. Who among us doesn't long for a perfect growing environment for ourselves with no disruptions, disruptions from outside influences? We strive to avoid times of contra contrast intention when life's daily challenges push us against us. When they do, the normal tendency is to curse them. If trees could talk, would we hear them curse wind every time they encountered it? We can learn a great deal from nature's wisdom at work if we are open to the lesson. Watch how a tree bends and sways gracefully when the wind blows against it. It does not stand rigid, resisting the flow of energy. It does not push back. The tree accepts the strong wind as a blessing that helps it grow. Such experiences develop our character and deepen our spiritual roots. When we grow deep, we too stand tall. So I want to ask you, have you learned to sway in the winds through your trials? Have you learned to stand tall in times of trials and testing? We need to face these challenges for our roots to grow deep, for God to be able to use us. So you might ask, I've been telling you about my trials and why it's important and how we should face them and what God's doing in our lives. And, but what is it for? What is it for? Why do we face these things? It's simple. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. His commands in our life, His promises... We live ultimately on earth for one reason. It's not for ourselves. It's to glorify Jesus. It's to make disciples. It's to call people to the kingdom of God. If we are trees that's been blown around, how are we going to do that? We need to be a place of refuge. We need to be available. And we need to be usable. If we get blown and battered by the wind every time we encounter something. We're, gonna, we're not going to be effective in the kingdom. We're not going to be effective. Our test of today teaches us to sway in the storms of tomorrow. One thing I, th I think, you might uh, not agree with me, but as Christians, as we all sit here, one thing that we lack is resilience. I lack resilience. It's something I need to work on. I lack perseverance. And those times is when God builds those things. Older, more mature trees, like Uncle Stan, he's seen everything a life has to throw at him. He's trees standing tall. He's learned how to deal with the storms and the wind. He's learned how to sway. James 1, 4 that I mentioned, oh, sorry, James 1, verse 2 I mentioned earlier. Um, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. But what it says on from verse 3, 
Because you know that testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So I'm going to leave you with a couple of questions. And I know I went through a little bit quicker and we're over time already. I'll leave you with a couple of questions for myself and for you so we can take stock today of where we are and how we are we doing. Has your tree learned to sway in the storms of life? Are your roots deep? Are you someone that's an oxygen-giving being? Are you giving oxygen to people around you or are you taking it from them? Can you, like the people in those houses, see the wood from the trees? Can you see what God's trying to do in your life or is your trials blurring your vision of where you need to go and what you need to do and what you called for? So does your tree look like the picture there by point at this moment in time or the way when you face trials? Do they look like that? Or do they look like um, these trees? Do you have other trees around you? Are you in fertile soil? And are you standing tall for Jesus? So I just really had it on my heart that God wanted to, with Andrew's preach and us facing trials and we're going to go through difficult times. And what I've been through and, and what I've seen God can do when you just hold on. When you just hold on. Never let go. The Lord will never, ever let go of us. It's, it's a promise. But we need to hold on. We need to draw from him and the people around us. So I just really felt, if I can, Kev, um, I just want to pray for us. Because I think if you turn to your left or your right and you ask the person if they're going through a trial or they've just been through a trial, they might not know if they're on their way to a trial. But I'm sure if you ask, the answer would be yes. And, and I want us as a congregation, and not just as a congregation, as Christians, suffer well for Jesus. We need to suffer well. We cannot, every time we go through something, be ineffective. So I want to pray for us. And if that's you, maybe as I pray, maybe you can just stand up. And then we can all pray together for God to help us in the way to deal with trials and the way we see our trials and why we go through trials. If there's anyone, then you can stand up and I can pray for, for us. Father, Lord, it's all about you. Let us reflect you every time that the storms come and when we get squeezed or the winds come. Father, that we will reflect you, Jesus. I'm going to pray that you will make us strong in these times, Lord. I want to pray for the people standing, Father, what they may experience, Lord, that they will encounter you in a deeper measure, Lord, in a deeper way, Father. Thank you for what you've done in my life and so many in this room, Lord, that when we hang on, you are there. 
Your timing is perfect, Lord. Your grace is sufficient for us. You give us everything, Father. Everything. So I just want to pray this morning, Father, that you'll open our eyes, come speak into our soul, Father, and just change the way. Let us be joyful. Let us be joyful people in our trials, Lord. Let's when, us face, let's, when we face them, Father, that we'll encounter of you first, Lord. That we'll push in deeper into your word, Lord. Deeper into you, Father. And then you'll come make us whole in that time, Lord. And make us stronger and more effective for your kingdom. Pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. I was um, two things that stood really out for me is in our trials, there's the thing that God never lets go and that we need others. And um, while I was speaking, I was reminded that God actually calls us oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord that will display His glory. And um, I read and I just wanted to see in context of what is it. And I realized it's in context of who Jesus is. That he's been anointed to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for those that are captive, to release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion and bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I felt that many times in our trials, those are the feelings that we experience, the discouragement and despair. But He is the one that's been anointed to touch us and to give us joy for our morning garment of praise for our despair. So that we would become oaks of righteousness, planting of the Lord to display His glory. So may we continue to make sure our roots are deep in Him and um, that our deeps are connected, our roots are connected with one another. Amen? So that we'd be oaks of righteousness displaying His glory. So Lord, we want to display Your glory. We want to display Your glory. We want to be oaks of righteousness, firmly planted in You. We pray in Jesus' name.